This is the Yob ConvoCast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast conversations with all the best people, the very best ones that I could find. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. This has been in in my mind for many weeks, if not months now. How long has this series been going? It feels like it's been going for a while. I've been wanting to bring this person back because we had a great episode together when we recorded in person here in the Jewel of the Blue Ridge several months ago. And now we're not in person, sad times, but through the wonders of technology, we're still connected. And I'm excited to bring her back for her second episode of the Yob Combo Cast. It's my other sister, Erin. What's up, Erin? Hey, Tom. Hello, Erin. We don't get many women in these parts, so it's always exciting when really you, yeah, <laughs> when you come and you know we've had one or two other women in our last uh, seven years of existence. So it's exciting though that this wow. is you know potentially changing. We'll we'll talk about some developments here soon but how are you doing Aaron how how are you in this is back-to-back episodes and this actually how many episodes in a row now in North Carolina Jesse Matt and now you Jesse, Matt. three North yeah. Carolinians in a row look at that I know yeah and then you had a guest who was visiting North Carolina right it was was it Ben who was visiting? That's right. Wow, you had a good memory. I was like, I have no idea who visited me. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> ben did visit me in North Carolina. That's right. So yeah, a lot of magic here. I mean, North Carolina, it's the best. Don't you agree? It's so great. I agree. <laughs> I would even say that Charlotte's the best because it's so close to... It's so close to everything. The mountains, the, mountains, the beach, the cities. And the beach. <laughs> the prairies, everything. Yeah, you get everything. In had to do it. Yeah, you did. Had to do it. Love a motif. We love, we love Charlotte. We love the Queen City. The City of Queens. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the City of Queens more in the future. We got, we got a lot of good people in Charlotte these days. Um, yes. Aaron, okay, so our last combo cast we did, it was really exciting. It was the first combo cast we've ever done with a woman. And you talked, we got to introduce you because you've written a blog on our website, a guest blog, um, mm-hmm. about how our communities impacted you, both our blog and our, our podcast. And we talked about your other sisters and how we wanted it to be a thing. That was that was something like the title of that episode. Um, and so it's been several months now since we had that conversation, since we recorded. You've had several women reach out to you, email you, email us to, that I, I've then passed along to you. Um, so like, what's what's the update on your other sisters and how the community's rolling on your end? The people want to know. Yeah. Yeah. The people want to know. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, glad to be part of her story <laughs> um, for, <laughs> for Yob. Um, yeah, so back in January, we were really just kind of laying some norms, set some rhythms, setting some rhythms uh, for the community, like Zoom calls every two months, which turned into every month. Um, was my goal. And then we ended up kind of getting to that. I attended Revoice back in June. And that was a really huge moment, I think, because I got to meet 
a couple of the women that I've already connected with. And then I got to meet up with potential Yasers um, in the future. I've just kept in contact with them, um, but they don't have a context for Yob. So the way I would approach them is a little bit different than those who have a context for Yob and have been invited into Yoss by maybe a friend or um, someone that cares about them. Mm. So I have spent most of my time connecting with and chatting with women who already have a connection with Yob. Um, There's about 20 or so that I consistently talk to and I've been able to connect them with other people, whether Yobbers or people that I met at Revoice or people that I know somehow (laughs) um, through other means. Um, I'm, yeah, got a lot of connections either from college, from doing missionary work um, in Cambodia or being a part of other online spaces. Um, Pretty well connected, I would say. So um, through all of those means of connection, I've been able to get people less lonely, I guess, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Hard to measure that, but at least, you know, getting people that are like-minded together that are logistically, physically nearby. Um, And we're also about to start reading Heavy Burdens by Mm. the queen herself, Bridget Eileen Rivera. Um, We'll be starting that in a couple weeks. So, um, oh, also, there are three women in the Charlotte area that I've been able to hang out with a couple times. And we're actually hanging out on Sunday to go to a field hockey game. Field hockey. Insert, ha ha, of course, of course you would. (laughs) So, you know, my plan is to get a beer and chat, chat it up because, you know, I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, I might learn something about field hockey. Mm. You know, if there's something our Yab community can rally behind, it's hashtag sports. We love sports in this community. So that we sounds like a great time. Sports. That is so cool, Aaron. I Something I wanted to chime in with, too, when you talked about Revoice, something that made my heart so glad, because I wasn't there, sad times. I wasn't at Revoice this year. But y'all sent pictures of, like, you and some of the other other Yas people yeah. got to, like, go over to the Yab. There was, like, a Yab house, I guess, in, in St. Louis. The Yab house. The Yab house. Like, there's, yeah. like, 10 guys staying there or something. And there's a picture. There's this, like, precious picture. I love it so much of all of you on the porch of this house. And some of you are, like, sitting yeah. down. Some of you are standing up. And it was just, like, it brought, honestly, I'm going to be on it. Like, it brought a tear to my eye to see men and women connected through this community connected at revoice like to to see all of you in one frame together like a lot of our community members some of our other leaders got to meet you in person for the first time and it was just such a cool moment for me to see from afar and it's been fun to to bring you in like you've joined some of our leadership calls because we are having lots of really interesting and dynamic Mm -hmm. conversations and progressions um about making your other sisters a thing and stepping toward that hopefully in the near future so i'm i'm just so excited it's just been it's been so fun to see you get integrated and for you to integrate other people and for you know us to do some some hangouts we've done some some city hangouts here in north carolina um this year and so it's been fun to just get together with you and 
the sisters and the brothers, this this whole little family that's forming. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, it's been so sweet. And yeah, I, I think Revoice really helps me cast some vision for what could be ahead. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. We could talk all day about the progressions and the things, but we were going to say, we're going to save some of that for the future. But right now, Aaron, we're in the middle of a series. I don't know if you've heard. (laughs) Really? You listen to every episode. What kind of series? We are in the middle of a series called Spanning the Spectrum. And we are examining sexuality, sexual identity, orientation, attraction. There's all kinds of language you could use and dress this up with, but we're just seeing how different our community is, how similar yet how different. And it's been so fun. I've enjoyed getting to connect with all the people that we've connected with this summer. Um, And I knew when we started this that I wanted to bring you back and I wanted to get a woman's perspective. And you shared a little bit about your sexuality, I feel like, in the previous episode that you did. Um, So that can be a, a starter, a starter's course for people who want to learn about you. Go back and listen to Aaron's first convo cast. I'll link that in the episode notes. Um, But today we get to go a little deeper. We get to figure out a little bit more about who you are and how you got here. So, um, so Aaron, you know, the flow, you know, the format, the sand is flowing in the hourglass, you know how this whole thing goes. Um, What language would you use to identify yourself today? Um, How would you describe or define your sexuality? Well, First and foremost, when I think about how I identify, um, I think of being attracted to fictional men written by women, like Mr. Darcy. Okay. Yeah. I'll say it again. Yeah. Say it again. I need, I need to track this fictional (laughs) men written by women, written by women. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like we're talking Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen, Lori from Little Women, Louisa May Alcott. And the hot priest from Fleabag, Mrs. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I thought, herself. I have no idea who those other people are. I thought you were going to say, and Edward Cullen from Twilight. And you know, what else? Um, <laughs> I was I, Team Jacob personally. Team Jacob here. See, I know my own toxicity and both of them are so toxic, but my brand of toxicity would go for Edward, mm, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm so sorry for you. But... No. I know, me too. <laughs> That's so interesting. Me. So your sexuality yeah. is fictional men written by women. Okay, that is a unique take. That's the first layer. Okay. That's the first layer. Um, but I feel like on a more serious note, I guess, um, there are several labels that would suit me. But I just typically say that I'm queer. Um, and if people are not satisfied with that, or if I feel comfortable, I might even say bisexual or pansexual. Um, I remember when I was growing up and Tom, probably when you were growing up as well, that queer was used as a slur. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. And yeah, I'm so glad that it's been something that's reclaimed. Um, But because there's more than just pansexual and bisexual that I would use to identify, I mostly am comfortable with queer, um, which I'll get into a little bit later. But I like it because I think it focuses more on the culture of our community than like sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. And that's something it's not always there for for all genders. So I think I'm also on the A spectrum. So like maybe gray sexual, if we're going to get 
a little bit more technical, somewhere in between. Okay. Can we back up a second? Because you yeah. mentioned we've had a couple, we've had a couple bisexuals on the show. Shout out to the bisexuals out there. Shout yeah. out to the bi guys. <laughs> shout out to Keegan. Shout out to Alex. I don't, I don't know if anyone listened to, um, sometimes I like to insert little funny quips at the end of the episode after the credits play or after the music plays. Um, and Matt, mm. <laughs> our, our, our dear brother, Matthew, on the last episode, uh, I said at the very end that he he likes to make fun of bisexuals or he likes to throw yeah. shade at them or something like that because he doesn't think they're yeah. actually they exist or they're <laughs> actually real. Specifically, he said, "I like to trash bisexuals." <laughs> okay. We got the quotes. We got Aaron brought the quotes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wanted to. <laughs> so you mentioned with bisexual a new term that the listening audience might not know. Pansexual. Do you care to yeah. explain what that means and w- where you see yourself in that? word i i would love to explain that um so pansexuality is less commonly used but it refers to being sexually or romantically attracted to people regardless of gender while bisexuality refers to some people use the definition of like oh you're attracted to men and women but another definition offers a different interpretation which would be um being attracted to more than one gender. Mm-hmm. So with those definitions, I feel comfortable using both. Like I would say that I'm both. Um, sometimes I may say like just bisexual or pansexual, just depending on who I'm around the context. Right. Um, if there are people around that are more familiar with that term, then I would use pansexual. Cause I feel like that is, most accurate Mm. um but bisexual tends to be um easier to understand but truly like i feel like i identify more as pansexual because sometimes when people use bisexual they don't include trans people or non-binary folks or just any other gender expression and pansexual just feels more accurate for me that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I can see where you would use one in certain contexts, one in another <laughs> in another context. Yeah. To my Starbucks barista, maybe I would call myself pansexual. But, you know, to my to maybe like a 50-year-old person at my church, like I would probably use bisexual. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Shout out to the they them Starbucks baristas. There we go. We're giving lots of shout outs to coffee places also in this series. That's another theme that I'm noticing. <laughs> we love, yeah. we love, we love Starbucks, don't we? Com- we love community. We love our oat milk, don't we? <laughs> I love oat milk. Oat milk is so good. Me too. I honestly uh, do. <laughs> oat milk is the best. Okay. So this is so interesting because now, now we get to peel back some layers, Aaron, because you you sound so confident in knowing who you are at this juncture, but I know it hasn't always been this way. So I'd love to, I've, I've, you've shared a little with me over the last couple of years of knowing you. So I'm excited for our audience now to kind of see a little snapshot of your journey. How did you get here? How did you get to all these oh, words? You just rattled gosh. off, you just rattled off like seven adjectives and nouns. Like, how did you get to all of this? I know, I know. Um, so growing up, I had crushes on enough men in the media and in real life to where I knew that I wasn't just attracted to women. Um, so that's definitely a contributing factor and not really exploring my sexual identity until much, much later in life. Um, 
And also to go along with the series theme, my Pirates of the Caribbean experience <laughs> was that <laughs> was that I found myself like just staring speechless at Elizabeth, but I just had no language or thoughts as to why that was. Um, I was attracted to Captain Jack Sparrow, but I was obsessed with Orlando Bloom to the point where I sent him a birthday card when I was in fifth grade. Wow. And and like dressed up for his birthday, which in fifth grade meant like khakis and oh my gosh, just a we have regular shirt. So much Pirates of the Caribbean references <laughs> yes. in this series too. Oh my gosh, all the themes. Yeah, we're giving a lot of free advertisement, <laughs> so I think I will refrain from giving any more plugs to big business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know the series that I'm talking about. So I was obsessed with Orlando Bloom. I. Um, even watched the Lord of the Rings series and my cool best girlfriend also loved Lord of the Rings. So I was like, oh, let me read all of the books because she likes it. Hmm, interesting, but all right. Uh, and then part, uh, that franchise came out with a sequel. I was 13. Okay. And I remember when the character Calypso was introduced. And I was just entranced by the actress. Um, But I thought it was maybe just the nature of her role and the character, kind of like a mystical, like witchy island girl. Um, So again, I didn't really think too much about it. But my first inkling of seeing bisexuality portrayed was another character by the name of Captain Jack. Captain Jack Harkness in Doctor Who. There goes another plug for a huge cultural phenomenon. And as a teenager, I remember watching those episodes with him in it. And he was being flirtatious with so many different types of people. And I was like, hmm, what's his deal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I didn't put too much thought in it because at that point, I, I just couldn't consider myself a sexual being at all mm. I did not want to be perceived as that I felt very embarrassed by crushes even like crushes on boys I was just so yeah I was so embarrassed by mm. thinking of myself that way um in real life crushes on men tend to always be on men that weren't like prototypically straight like um for example I had a crush in high school on a guy who in 2010 would be called metrosexual which basically means he was a straight guy who showered regularly and he wore stuff from j crew you know we never got a metrosexual on this series what a fail uh, no it's okay it, it is i forgot all about that okay. term yeah i forgot all about that term wow yeah what a blip in time but yeah we don't need to phase that back one that one back in let's all just shower straight men who shower and can dress decently yeah exactly. yeah oh my gosh And I found myself as I was getting older in significantly intimate relationships with women. Uh, These women were typically women that I thought were really pretty. um, And I felt kind of possessive of them. But again, I was like, ah, well, this is my friend. This is kind of what friends do, right? But I think it's because women are socialized to have so much more intimate friendships than men are. And people don't really think twice if a woman calls another woman pretty, um, not that I was even doing that either. Um, but my, 
actions weren't deemed as suspicious, like, you know, having one-on-one conversations, having sleepovers and things like that, that can tend to be stigmatized or looked at curiously um, by nosy people, I would say. Um, But even if they were suspicious, they would have probably operated in denial um, more than like a precautionary type of stance. Um, I also remember having a little crush on a friend who was assigned male at birth, but was transitioning while we were in high school. Oh, wow. Um, So that was back in 20 or 2008. And that kind of exposed me to gender incongruence. And then like, basically from birth until I graduated college, I have been in different Christian denominations that really gave no other option, but to be straight and get married to the opposite sex. But to also wait to have sex until marriage. Right. You know, there was, there's not a place for celibacy for the Protestants that I knew of. Ugh, too Catholic. That's too Catholic, especially <laughs> for the more reformed. I know celibacy, it kind of just drips with like 15th century connotation or something. Yeah, that word. There's something about that word sometimes. Yeah. I just kind of going back to feeling embarrassed about crushes. I just felt so over sexualized as a teenager. And I was so not comfortable with that. Um, You know, so many purity conferences about girls, you just need to cover up and be Mm. modest and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed that people could look at me like this, especially like men in my church. Ugh, gross. Mm. And so I was just, yeah, I was like grossed out by that and um, scared to bring attention to my body, basically, um, or to think of myself as a sexual being. Yeah. And I didn't have space to consider that I might not be straight, um, unfortunately, because of that distorted and anti-gospel view that made me equate not being straight with not being a Christian. Yeah. And I was, I wanted to say real quick, like, this is already like why I'm so glad you're on this show and on the, in this series and in our community certainly is just like, you know, a lot of us grew up in purity culture, but as men, we inherently just have a different perspective and a different view of it like we might be able to understand a little bit about what you're saying but you lived it um and so i love just getting to hear the other side of the purity culture from a woman's perspective growing up in that that era of time i had a couple blogs written about it we've talked a little bit about it in the community here and there purity culture but um but your your perspective is just so valuable to hear and just hear how that affected you and affected your sexuality that you repressed or didn't consider for so long. So I'm, I'm curious to hear now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. where, where it went from there <laughs> once you escaped yeah. purity culture or what was that like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have I escaped purity or culture? Or have you? Yeah. Have know. you? Have we? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So in college I didn't date. However, because I was studying sociology, I studied, <laughs> I studied romance and I studied dating um, in huh. a couple of different classes. And I remember being really drawn towards the idea of commuter marriage, which it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's basically where two people are married, but they live in separate places and might come together on weekends or something to spend time with each other. But they live apart, um, possibly to take care of a parent or to work Hmm. in that particular city, whatever. But I just remember being like, wow, that's so appealing to me. <laughs> but I was still like, I, I couldn't 
ask myself why because it was just still mm. such a long long road ahead yeah I think I would have just equated it to like a, a high value for a long time I'm very introverted even though I'm pretty social um but now I see that it may have just equated with like okay that would be like less chance of sexual intimacy or like less chance of like right. pressure to to be intimate in that way um and I think I was also delusionally optimistic that I would financially be able to live alone when I was like 19, 20. Mm -hmm. um, I attended an Anglican church when I lived in Cambodia. So I graduated college. I moved to Cambodia for two years. And that was the first time that I had context for Protestants choosing to be celibate. Um, because um, in the tradition, the Anglican tradition, there's there's room for for celibacy. And at that point, I hadn't been exposed to that. The church that I went to even had a group for sexual minorities that was led by my priest. And that was the first time wow. I'd heard of something like that too. But again, I was like, Oh, that's nice for people. It applies to. I was dating a guy at that time who lived in Cambodia. And I just had this picture of like, Oh, I'm going to get married to him. We're going to live in Cambodia forever. Um, but obviously I, as you can see today, I got ahead of myself and I just felt like, oh, my dreams are shattered by this breakup. Like purity culture said, I'm supposed to marry the first guy I date. Like, oh, this is it. You know, and also I was a missionary. So it's like, oh, my gosh, there's not really many guys out here today anyway. Yeah. People were super invested in our relationship, which made the breakup even worse. It exacerbated like getting in a healthy place. And that was probably the first time I ever asked myself, like, out loud alone, like, am I straight? <laughs> I can't, I can't completely, I don't know, I can't completely um, explain how that thought process came about. But I think I was in a vulnerable enough place to really think about like, hmm, what is what are the things that are upsetting me about the end of this relationship? And it largely didn't have to do with the person I was with or like the missed opportunity of marriage but you know that might have something to do with it mm -hmm. but I really didn't I, I could not pursue that any further because I was trying to survive um in Cambodia and kind of heal from heartbreak which was just impossible I was around him all the time um and I was also healing my own Southern identity, my own identity as a woman, being comfortable being a woman in the sense that I acknowledge myself as a sexual being and I acknowledge myself as being created by God, not as something like inherently tempting or inherently bad, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I just had a lot of identity um, redemption to do. And during that time before I even got to closer to where we're at now. So that happens. I'm back in the States. Then COVID happens. And, you know, I'm just scrolling on TikTok. And I'm like, hmm, I'm getting a lot of queer content. That's interesting. <laughs> this is, this is TikTok. TikTok will reveal things about you, yourself that you don't even yeah. know. Sexuality, <laughs> hobbies and interests that have been hidden for you don't even know how long. Yeah, TikTok's algorithm is scary. 
to to nail, yeah. to nail you. Yeah, it just knows what you want. And it did. I was I was dating a, a guy again at the time, and I just got to a place where I was like, huh, I I am attracted. At that time, I I would just say like I'm attracted to men and women, and I don't want to get married to this guy. And uh, yeah, we need to break up, and I need to figure out who I am in light of this realization. Mm. It wasn't like, it wasn't a huge groundbreaking type of thing. It just was something that made sense. Like all of a sudden, um, I think I had mentioned it in my previous episode, but yeah, it was something that just made sense to me that, Oh yeah, I didn't date in high school or college and yeah, I had crushes, but it wasn't like this overwhelming pressing thing for me to date and all that. So that was two years ago. And even before that, I was listening to Yob. I was listening to Yob as kind of like an aspiring ally, as someone who just wanted to hear from different perspectives. Um, I'd been exposed to Side B before in an academic setting. Um, But then uh, when I became more honest with myself and came out to myself, I started listening to Yob differently as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I just to hear the journey going to the other side of the world and and coming back to this side of the world and then a pandemic <laughs> coming about and just all the things that you've been processing the last few years and now now here you are um more than an ally so much more so much more than an ally now um I'm curious Aaron what some <laughs> can you can you can you concisely tell us what are some of the biggest struggles with um, all these different labels and all these different identities you mentioned, again, to recap, you mentioned queer and bisexual and pansexual and gray sexual and all of these things. Like what's, what's challenging about continuing to piece this together and, um, and to live out a traditional sexual ethic as we do in this community? Yeah. Um, so I think because of my other conflicts with my other identities, I'm pretty used to external or internal attitudes of not being blank enough. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I mean, like being totally dismissed from my experience, it, it can be hurtful. Um, people tend to think in pretty rigid terms. Like when you say dismissed, like they just say that you're like, yeah, whatever you're in denial or pick one, pick (laughs) one. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Like even, you know, I don't, I don't just spout out all those identities to just anybody. I'm, I'm doing that here, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) but I, you know, but if I just say like, yeah, I'm, I'm bisexual or something like that. And people might just be like, oh, well, what are you on on the Kinsey scale? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It depends on the day, I guess. Yeah, like it's fluid. It's fluid. You can't just pick boys yeah. all the time. No, no. Um, I think one other struggle is like just being pretty wary or sometimes nervous about what the future holds. Like I, I may still like to be married to a man, but I find straight male culture like pretty exhausting. Mm. Um, to be honest, and I tried so long to fit into that world. You know, not because I had gender ignorance, but because I felt like that was the best way to survive and to also feel like I belong in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously not that I don't value men. Like, I obviously value men. Most of my friends are men, but they're mostly gay men. 
um and straight culture can like breed lots of toxic beliefs like internalized misogyny and homophobia i know you guys are going to be talking about barbie so i'll let you guys spoiler that, alert i was gonna say i was gonna say oh sorry it's fine it's i was fine. gonna say shout out to all the allens in the world that's mm. what else there may or may yeah just to clear the air there may or may not be a barbie podcast coming soon Aaron <laughs> just left no, we'll see. no it's fine we'll leave it in there um yeah shout out to the allens we love we heart the allens of this world yeah i i can resonate with straight culture being exhausting and i I have a particular fondness for like our Yab community and for call it what you will, queer culture, gay culture, SSA culture, whatever you want to call us. Like I, there's something about our masculinity, which also has femininity. Like we're trying to find that equanimity, you know, it's like there's, there's merit and there's value to, to both sides of, of the spectrum and everything in between. And so I think, um, not to say that we're a perfect community because we are vastly not a perfect community, but um, but I can resonate with that just like, and I know a lot of our, I know a lot of our community can resonate with that too. Um, what are some of just the blessings? I know you're just like so involved now in this Your Other Sisters community that's coming up. So that's definitely an obvious one, but even within that or beyond that, like I'm curious, just like, um, I don't know, where are you finding joy in discovering more about who you are today? Um. I find that I have to make sure that the hatred of my lust doesn't turn into self-hatred mm. and that I hate my lust instead of the fact that I find lots of people attractive. Interesting. <laughs> and another thing I would say is, you know, I, I think that what also gives me joy is that I feel more like myself than I ever have. Like I went through a lot of redemptive identity development um in my mid-20s but I'll be 30 next week and yeah I feel way more like myself and more comfortable to be myself than I ever have um and it's not without the support from Yob from you from my roommates who are awesome and the women that I've been able to meet who have given me so much insight and it's just it's so I don't find a safer place but with queer women honestly mm. um and if i may i know the sand is not there anymore on our top half <laughs> yeah but we're good i did want to share this quote queerness is kind of something that's described for those who exist outside of what society mandates um and so it's fitting that the term now defies all restrictions of love and self that the world has placed on us so obviously as a side beer, you know, it's we're not taking that to an extreme, but what we can take away from this is that we can experience love through our chosen family, through friendships, mm-hmm. through um, for those who choose celibate partnerships, things like that. And it's about non-normativity. It's about, you know, not conforming to maybe what the church wants us to do and that also kind of leads me to a compliment that I got from one of my friends. And um, she basically said that, you know, it, it seems like you're really happy now and that you have kind of found your place and you have figured out what you need to thrive and what you want. And it's not what Christian culture tells you what it should be. It's not marriage or a man or motherhood. Um, you know, I, I don't need a marriage or children to be more holy. 
uh i have the holy spirit we have the holy spirit amen um we don't we don't need merit you know those things that say marriage isn't supposed to make you happy it's supposed to make you holy well okay but what if there are tons of people that don't even get married you know like jesus yeah what do you do with jesus yeah yeah like jesus would be left out of those those couples small groups um <laughs> is there a small group for jesus to join yeah absolutely. i know what small group would jesus join well yeah um i i just feel so relieved from the pressure of like of getting married having kids and living the life that i think had been overvalued um for so many years for my entire upbringing until now i mean that's still the norm obviously and um i know that there are people in my life that are maybe concerned that i'm not married yet um but what they should know is that man i'm i am the happiest that i've been in a long time and i know myself better than i ever have and my faith has just gotten stronger because I'm forging a path that is not easy. It's not what's kind of expected. And it can be lonely. It can be, um, it can result in a lot of unknowns, I guess. Um, but I've always kind of loved um, and valued friendships over, over other relationships. And I think that that's something I can fall upon or fall back to. That's what I mean. Mm. The found family that we have um in Jesus but then even more specifically the found family that I've made like in the past couple of years found family chosen family yeah it's been great and I love uh well I love that you're entering the 30s happy early birthday you share a birthday with my sister which is going to be so fun to keep up with now for the rest of time to be able to recognize your other sister my other sister yeah I have two sisters born on the same day um uh, the 30s are so great though you know I'm a little I'm a little beyond your I'm years so excited. Karen. I'm, I'm six years beyond you and the 30s have been so great it's been this time of growth like I'm by no means arrived yet I'm absolutely still in process but um it's been such a fun time of like still feeling young like I think I'm still young but yeah, there's I think you're still young thank you <laughs> Because sometimes, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm not young anymore, and my body does doesn't do what it used to do. But, um, but there's like this growth, this maturity that's happening, and especially as Yab continues to grow, and as as we incorporate your other sisters, as we like continue these conversations and grow our community in new ways. Like I'm just so excited for all that the rest of my 30s has, and then hopefully into my 40s and 50s too. Like. Like I resonate with what you said about a, a sense of uncertainty for the future because I have no idea what I'm going to be doing or with whom I'm going to be surrounded by when I'm in my 70s and 80s, Lord willing. But um, yeah, but like that's for our future selves to to worry in. And I, I yeah. like you know, I, if you would have told me I'd be where I am right now, like at 21, 19, when I was first starting to process my own sexuality. Oh my gosh! Like I would have freaked the, the flip out. So I'm glad I don't know the things. Like if so, if I knew what my 80 year old self yeah. is doing right now, I I would probably freak out. So I probably don't need to know that. And I'll, I'll get there when yeah. I get there. Yeah, I'll be laying flat on my face, torn cloth, <laughs> like proper Jewish morning style. Yes. <laughs> like, tear that sackcloth. 
Um, <laughs> this is a great, uh, such a great conversation. You know, Aaron, you know, I'm not going to, we already teased and spoiled that there's a Barbie podcast coming soon. So we don't necessarily need to, <laughs> to, to severely spoil the next episode, but the next episode will be the last of this Spanning the Spectrum series. I've teased it. I have mentioned it a few times throughout the series that I would love to share some of my perspective on um, not just my sexuality, but even just having a, some new perspectives from listening to all of these episodes, being a part of all of these episodes that we've done this summer. And and I just think it would be fun if we had a little sequel. That's that's all kind of what I'm saying, maybe, for next time. I love a sequel. You know, Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> Is that another Pirates reference that I don't understand? I don't understand these cultural references. I'm so ill-equipped in that regard. It's okay. You have homework. It's fine. Okay. I did see Barbie though, so I, I I'm up oh, yeah. I'm up with the zeitgeist. <laughs> um, so stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned for next time, our finale for the Spanning the Spectrum Convo Cast series. Before we get there though, if you have any thoughts on Aaron's episode, if you're a woman listening, okay, first of all, if you are a woman listening and you have not reached out to us yet about joining the coming community, the already here what are you waiting for? of your other sisters. Yeah, what are you waiting yeah. for? Send us an email, contact at yourotherbrothers.com. Put something about Yas or your other sisters in the subject line. Um, and I will happily forward you to Erin and she would happily love to hear from you. And so, um, like she mentioned, she's got like 20 some women in this community that have, has been born through Yab. It's just been so fun to, to see from afar and to see from up close a little bit too. So it's been fun to, to see how that's going and continuing to grow. So please reach out, comment on this episode. If anything that Aaron shared speaks to you, go to our website. Yeah, go to yourthebrothers.com slash podcast, find her convo cast page and leave a comment. Tell us a story. Um, we'd love to hear. <laughs> Love to hear how Pirates of the Caribbean affects you because it clearly Please. has affected so many people more than I would have ever thought. The effect it would... has had on a generation. <laughs> clearly. Uh, Aaron, thanks for taking the time. It's so fun to chat with you. I hope we do it more often. I think we will. I, I, maybe we will. That's a good idea. That's that's. I think that would be great for your 30s, for my 30s. Yeah, I think it would be great to talk more. All right, friends. Until we cast our next combo, our last one in this series next time. We'll see you then. Bye, Aaron. Bye. And then at the end, I'll circle back with you about um, the finale, which I'm so glad you're willing to take part in as well. I was kind of hoping you would be up for that. So we can talk about that at the end. Yeah. Like a couple, literally, literally, like a couple of seconds before you texted me, I was like, you know, I would really like to kind of moderate that episode and then you texted me oh i'm glad we're on the same page <laughs>